Welcome everyone to another episode of the Comic Chronicle Podcast. I'm your guys' host, Dakota Morgan, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. We have today a legend on the show. Derek Robertson, co-creator of The Boys, and so working Transmetropolitan, so much shit. This guy's an artist in his own right, and he's an artist on all these books and more. You know the name, you've seen The Boys on TV, you've seen so much. And he's on the show, and I gotta say, folks, today it was a blast to have him on. You know, we talk about behind the scenes with comics, him working on all his books, why not becoming an artist, being in the industry of comic books and such like that, and, you know, seeing The Boys come to life, and as well as other stuff, and seeing all of it. You know, we definitely had a blast on here, a lot of jokes. So a lot of informational stuff being said too. Derek gives a lot of motivation in the show. I try to give some, but he's like, boom. And it's it's a fun time. So hopefully you guys enjoy this episode and get a lot from it. Because there's a lot of behind the scenes, a lot of motivational stuff in here. There's a lot to pick through. And especially in these times, which I hope you guys are all staying safe, staying healthy, whatever you're doing at home, working, front lines, whatever it may be. Hopefully you guys are staying okay and safe out there. Of course, so folks, if you want to stay in touch with the show, you can subscribe for new episodes every Monday. That's new episodes free for every Monday. And you guys can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or comicchronicle.podbean.com. Or if you want to follow on social media to stay in touch too with the stuff I do and the podcast and stay in touch with the comics I do and all that other jazz, I am at Dakota underscore Morgan 97 on Instagram and on Twitter at Dakota Morgan 3. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode and I hope you all enjoy it and get something out of it because it was really, really fun. Derek's an amazing guy and I can't wait for you guys to hear the conversation. So without me titling around and doing all this long ass intro sort of thing like that, let's get into my talk with Derek. And Skype a minute here because I think we may have talked too much shit about it. And... <laughs> No, it is okay. We're good. We're good. Derek, good man. Welcome to the show. I don't. It's I always got to say welcome to the show to the guests because maybe it's the military background with me. Maybe it's all that sort of jazz. I don't know. Maybe it's just because my mom taught me respect. But who knows? Uh, welcome to the show, good man. Thank it is you. an honor to have you here. Nice to be here. Of course. No, thank you. And I know you're busy, and I, I we scheduling whatnot too, and all that jazz. I know you're busy. Shit, I've been busy too. I can't like. In the current day and age, working in film and comics has become really tough. So I had to go to day job route. So I, I'm now at vet clinic. So they're like, can we do two? So I'm like, I can't. I work 11 to 7 at a vet uh, oncology center for animals and stuff. So I'm like, I, I, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know if everybody's working at home these days or what. So I just, you know, I, I, if, I promised my wife that I would give her the whole day to help around the house because I've been on a deadline that I just finished. Mm -hmm. And Ooh. so this is a. Uh, but she understood, so I said, no, I can only do it Sunday at noon, so. Isn't it I... nice? <laughs> it's nice when you have someone that you're with, and then they're the understanding of what we do. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It is truly a good thing. Oh, oh, yeah, there's one, and, like, I've met so many people that have said it, and friends of mine in the business of comics and film, and we've all had it, of, like, you know, we've gotten into arguments. It, t it was a rough start, but then after a while, they just tend not to give a shit. They're like, okay, you do you, and then come back to me. You ain't going nowhere. Yeah, no, we've been together a couple decades, so she oh, yeah, she, you're knows, she knows my stuff real well. You're like, okay, yeah, we've been through it. We've been through it. <laughs> well, good man, you, I wanted to get on the show today because, you know, I wanted to get a chance to talk to you because you are perhaps the busiest man I've ever known. No. Because you seem to work so much. I've brought on people from the CW show before. Like my buddy who plays Martian Manhunter. You may or may not know him. Oh, I you love know. that. Yeah, I, know. Uh, I love that character. He's such a good guy. Um, and so we coming on, and he works like crazy. Awesome. And you work like crazy. I, 
guess so. <laughs> okay, exclude the COVID bullshit. Like, all right, we exclude that. Then yeah. I think, like, if like if you took COVID out of what's going on and whatnot, yeah. I think. I mean, it was, it, maybe it's just me. It seems like you're always working and always putting out content and shit like that. But like, oh, how I've got you... it. I'm, I feel like I've been. Uh... I've been working on stuff in private for so long and that it's just now getting announced that I, I fear that it was the opposite that people thought I wasn't working. I know, but just other than covers and things like that, that I was putting out that, uh, felt like, uh, I've been kind of invisible for a little bit. So that makes me happy that that's your perception of me. <laughs> oh, you did. Paul. I think it's because it's like a fellow creative. Like, yeah. I, I write, I write in comics. I don't do the art. You guys are the fucking magicians. I swear. Like you artists are, um, of course. And you, whenever a creative, especially someone as big as you, is really silent, people are like, oh, what you been doing? Like, a lot of work. Can you talk about it? I signed 10 contracts. I right. cannot. I'm exactly. sorry. No, it was, uh, I'm really happy that uh, my uh, upcoming Black Label book with Tom Taylor, uh, Hellblazer, Rise and Fall, has been announced because I'd been working on that for months and couldn't say a word and it was like ah it got, you know i knew about it last year at san diego and we got the thumbs up and so you know i just finished issue two yesterday and they're 44 pages issue uh 44, Holy shit. 44 page issues and Ooh. so i was uh just just grinding to get it done and really you know but i'm it's a real labor of love because tom's just awesome to work with and our editor andy Curry has been great and we were getting a lot of a lot of freedom to just kind of make a cool comic and and you know sometimes when you're working further up uh with the big two you know you get a lot of oversight and interference and it's not been like that at all like because of covid i think also like we're all working remotely anyway but it's yeah. just it's just been a great experience and and i'm really happy with the way the work's coming out it's starting to get previewed now I'll be honest, it smacked me right across the face with that news when that was coming out. And it's no. like, you and Tom are working on it? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, out of nowhere. Yeah, I know. We, we kind of, I did a little bit of Deceased with him with the John uh, John mm. Constantine seg segment um, last year, and I believe, and uh, or maybe it was earlier this year. I've lost all track of time. <laughs> but, sure. the, uh, but it was great. It was just like a little teaser, but it was also a bit of an audition for us to show how we handled the character together, and it was very well received. So Nice. Yeah. Nice. I mean, it makes sense, though. I mean, you with your work you've done in the past, and I don't want to say you've done dark shit because, to me, I, I love that sort of thing like that. Like, Oh, I have. <laughs> it's, it's very, actually, happy. Oh, yeah, yeah. But... I think it's because it fits the vibe of Derek a little bit here. It fits the vibe of you, man. Like, I maybe, I mean, I'm not blowing your horn or anything like that, too. No, it, feel free. <laughs> you're like, well, I haven't had anything blown in a while. No. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, My mind. Yeah. But you, but you think about it like there's a certain motif, like what was the work I do for writing and whatnot. I don't really work on superheroes that much. I work in, like, sci-fi monster sort of stuff yeah. and whatnot and have one hero book or technically villain book that working on right now i can't talk about but you know we have that but then your motif is like the darker kind of stuff like that it just feels like home is that yeah. kind of could you have that sort of thing with it definitely my wheelhouse um i love i mean when i was growing up and and creating uh just for my self you know in my in my dreaming of being a professional someday the stuff that drew, pulled me in was you know, originally it was superhero comics, but I also, by the time I got to be 
I don't know, 11 or 12, I discovered Heavy Metal Magazine, and mm. I love horror comics as well, like the old DC stuff. Um, you know, so I was always um, drawn to that kind of material anyway. I loved Bernie Wrightson's work. And I loved uh, Frank Frazetta's work, like the, to see those posters, like one image tells you a whole story, yeah. you know, and it would be monsters and barbarians. And, you know, and I just I just love that stuff. So, I mean, for me, I'm happy to do superheroes. And, and it's kind of like why The Boys was such a good fit, because mm. I was able to do both kind of horror and superheroes in the same genre. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so oh, it, yeah. And so and to see the show like pick up on that so well has just been awesome. Oh my god! Yeah, like it's one of those things where when you find your niche, yeah, it sounds bad when you say niche, but when when you find your as you put a wheelhouse, you don't want to get out. And then when you yeah. do, you're like, it's kind of nice, like a it, little vacation, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, it's like I'm I'm versatile enough that it's like you give me the assignment and I'll do my best to rise to the occasion. Mm. Uh, but if you go back to like my first work, which was a book that I wrote and drew back in uh, when I was just coming out of high school called space beaver it was oh, yeah. the idea of space beaver was just that there was this crazy world of funny animals uh but like they but it was a dark underbelly to it and that was the whole and that just made me laugh so i was doing it to amuse myself but i like the idea that these you know cute animals would uh, you know you know when they're in a war because you'd see like the cartoons of the time like G.I. Joe and uh, the big battle going on and a plane blows up and you see a little parachute coming out. Yeah. Like no, no one actually gets hurt in G.I. Joe. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. So for me, I wanted to up it. It like, kind of like took the Care Bears and then the darkest world uh, put them it's together. Amazing. So like when the you know space beaver shoots somebody or guts them with a knife, there's entrails and <laughs> exploding Because it makes sense. It, it does make more sense. You know, and like, it's hilarious to me. I don't know why. Like teddy bears with bones it doesn't <laughs> oh did you are you a video gamer by chance uh, my kids are and uh so i if i when i was younger uh yes and then i realized that it's a huge time suck oh, and so as much as i like video games and i do if i allow myself to start playing them uh you might as well just hook me up to an iv and put a diaper <laughs> on me, you know because i'm, I'm never yeah. You know, I, I played like a few of their games, but I watched them play a lot. Um, and I'm very aware they're very dialed in. Both my kids are gamers, so uh, like, oh, they they'd smack me for saying that. There was fair. There was one where you you I I don't want to. This is like introducing someone to like liquor for the first time. Like here's a bottle of booze. <laughs> yeah. There was a video game that came out years ago, and it was that concept, but it was a murder bear. So it was oh, like this fun. teddy bear in this whole teddy bear world. And everyone's like, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, fuck this. And he takes a knife and he just starts ripping people. And your goal is to just murder everybody. And they're like running for their lives and stuffing's everywhere and all this other shit. And, but stuffing comes out, right? Yeah. And I, yeah. I think there was some gore to it in some points of it later on. But yeah. I don't know. I want to say it got gorier later, maybe. That's... But it's still kind of fun. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I would... Uh... The last game I played that I'm I'm still not all the way through was um, Become Human. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, and it's about it's about cyborgs. Yeah. Or um, uh, artificial AI. intelligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AI, yeah like um, I'm forgetting what the main part of that title is. Something Become Human. 
Detroit, I think it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Detroit can become human. I'm in the middle of that game. I love, and I love that because it's storytelling. Like you're actually unfolding a story. And that brings me back to why I love comics in all genres. It's like for me, I love telling a story more than I love creating um, a splashy image or whatever. I only like the splashy image if it, if it delivers uh, the drama of the moment in the story. Um, otherwise, I just feel like, you know, it's. It's one thing to draw a cool pinup or a cover, but it's another thing. And that's what I, you know, going back to what I was saying about Frank Frazetta, that, you know, he, he would not just do an amazing image. It would tell you a story. Yeah. You know, in one image, like there's always something going on with some subtext and it would make you want to read more, you know, or get into that book because it was a, usually used as a book cover. Yeah. Uh, you know, Which, so. Yeah, so the story the story element is really important to me, and you know, I have and, and I write. I don't get a lot of exposure for my writing, but I I, I write as well. So, you know, it's sorry. Hold on though, sorry if you hear a meowing. I'm in my home studio, so my cat's here. That's so okay. just bear warning. <laughs> You're gonna hear background noise in my house too. But fair. Um, <laughs> I think we're all kind of used to that now. I don't think anyone yeah. expects quiet anymore. <laughs> oh, it's so true. You're like, what was that? Like, oh. that was a construction vehicle. <laughs> like, um. Yeah, I mean, but the, you know, I'm gonna put a bold claim out there, but that's how it should be. I, you know, you can't. It's not about people like, oh, I'm an artist. I like to make cool images. Like, it's about that a little bit, but you're trying to tell a story with your images. Well, I'm a writer, so maybe I'm biased. I don't know. No, I, but I think that's actually why I've I've had a um, the career that I've had because I love to collaborate. I really enjoy collaborating, and mm. you know, when I read a script, uh, I want to get in there and like. I've always lived by the philosophy that I only really want to make three people happy with whatever work I'm doing. And that's number one, the writer, number mm. two, the editor, and, and lastly, myself. Mm. And if all three of those people are happy with the end product, I let it go at that point. I don't read reviews too much. You know, I don't oh, get too bless you. in it. I just kind of go, Hey, if they like it, great. If, you know, I hope it does well, but remarkably that, the the more I stick to that philosophy, the better the books tend to do because I know I've done my best to get the writer's vision out there. And um, if I'm, you know, and I would give this as, as advice to anybody who wants to be a professional artist in comics, but, you know, only you know where your limit is. Only you know if you're doing your best work. And if somebody else is telling you it's not good enough, you need to know whether or not it is and 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 quiet those voices so you can do the best work you can do. If you're not living up to your potential or if you're phoning it in and you're aware of that, you should you should address that within your own process. Damn, I can tell you're a writer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that spoke to me deep. And like, he's saying the shit I've been saying for years to people. <laughs> Hopefully they listen to you, Derek, more no, than me, but they no, probably will. Everybody wants advice, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know how much I have to give anymore. But that's. But that's a philosophy, at least. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's still good, and that's the thing. Like, whenever I, I've learned something over the years, and I'm only 23, but I've done a lot. Animals and comics and media and all that jazz. I met a lot of people, learned a lot. Let me tell you, Derek, the people who always say I don't have that much to give have the most to fucking give. Oh. I swear to you on this. I swear to you. It's true, like, because you don't think you're like, ah, you know, I've been around the rainer. I don't, I don't know, like, maybe it's just me hashing out the same old shit when it's not. And I, I like to, like, let people know, like, hey, you guys are the ones that really that people look to and really are the 
ones that they listen to because it's different. It's not the same old, here's this quote on Instagram bullshit. And it's like, yeah. no, no, no. Here's something actually that you'll want to hear. Well, this is from life experience. So, you know, yeah. it's, um, there, there comes a time, I think, with everybody who's a creative where they have to kind of gut check whether or not uh, they're doing they're doing it if you're doing it just for the money you should find another line of work because there's lots oh, of jobs right. that'll pay you to do something that isn't creative and you don't have to go through the uh agony of not knowing whether stuff is good just you just show up and you do your job and you go home and you get your paycheck and if that's what you're about mm -hmm. then get a job like that but if you're yeah. i believe if you're doing something creative you know, the money, sh I, I really believe the money will find you. If you do something that you love and you're doing it from a place of wanting to create something great and you love what you do, the money finds you. And, yeah. uh, you know, even in even in the current state of the industry. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's really true. Like, we're always like, yeah, this is it. And then we look outside the door. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, it's like, like damn little, it. Cut to an image of, you know, the inside out pockets with moths, you know. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, you know, even San Diego's now at home. So I so that, that's the state that we're that's in. Like, the, uh, that was the, this is the strangest year. I had so much that I was going to be a part of down there this year because season two was, yeah. of The Boys was coming out. And uh, we had, a, we, I was creating stuff uh, for the event. And we, you know, they announced season three, but they had to do it online. And it was like, oh, but I was supposed to be a part of all that. And I was yeah. very excited to go this year and, and just to watch it all go poof. It's a reminder of where your priorities need to be. <laughs> oh, exactly. Oh, exactly. Like, I was on the same route when everything started shutting down. I got all the phone oh. calls and I'm like, hey, the Comic-Con you're going to? Not happening. Oh, oh yeah. you know you're supposed to be a guest here? You can't be a guest here no more. Yeah. It's dead. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. it was, never thought I'd see the world that didn't have a San Diego Comic-Con. Just it, you, oh. Last year, I was walking around, and my, the, the you know butcher was on the side of the Marriott. <laughs> the entire gas lamp district had a oh. huge boys mural, and I was then buses were rolling by with my characters on the side. And I was oh, like, man. I was oh, like, that was like my, you know, and when I was a young man, uh, about your age and, and just starting to break in mainstream, um, I remember going to Comic-Con and just being able to go into that Marriott and be invited to a dinner by like an editor was like making it. You had made it. You would arrive. Yeah. You got a dinner with, uh, with a mainstream uh, Marvel or DC editor and you hung out at the Marriott, boy, you had, you had made it. And so to be there many years later and then see my character on the side of it you know, taking up the whole thing. Awesome. Carl Urban with the, you know, looking just like Billy to me, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, Carl Urban's was, a God. There's yeah, that. He's, and he's such a good guy, but it was yeah. uh, just phenomenal. Like that, that was, uh, you know, so it was surreal to be there. And my family came down with me and we were just really, and then they had all these, you know, big events for it and this big premiere and it, yeah. it was just something. And then I thought, wow. Okay. And then the show hit, which I didn't, I mean, you can you can blow smoke up each other's asses all you want and go, oh, this is awesome, this is awesome. But if the world at large doesn't respond, then you're just having a you know a me party. Um, but mm, to true. see the world react to it in the way that I did watching the early stuff, going, this is great. You know, my I I was hoping I wasn't too close to it. You know, like to get excited. But boy, it hit. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like hey. 
Hey folks, Dakota here with a little bit of an ad break, but this is one you definitely want to listen to if you guys are a comic fan, which you are if you're listening to the show. You guys like comics and you like reading them in person. Well, let me tell you, go to Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. This is not just a hype thing for this ad, let me tell you. I've been going there for years. I've had Cam Brown on the show all the time. Such a good guy. It's such a good community. Everyone who works there, they know you. They, you get your box number. You get your thing. You get all you need to do there. You get your collectible toys, car, whatever it may be. Comics, it's all there for you guys. That's Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. Here's the address, 5801 West Glendale Avenue, Glendale, Arizona, in downtown Glendale. And if you guys want to visit them, you can visit them, drawntocomics.com, or find them on social media and the number 623-847-9090. You give them a call. Definitely, guys, I love going to the store. And this is not a fucking lie. I love going. It's so amazing. Thanks, everyone. And hopefully... You guys check them out if you're in Arizona or maybe passing through. Remember, guys, draw on the comics. Go check it out for your books. Reading books in person is so much better than digital. But I love digital, too, so it's a little bit of a toss-up. Support brick-and-mortar companies. We definitely need you to. Thanks, everyone. And now, without further ado, I'm going to take it back to future me. It's see, it That's honestly the wet, it's the wet dream. You yeah. Know? Isn't it? Like It's yeah. definitely the thing... I mean, how long have you been in the business, though? Oh, God, since 1986, legitimately, as far as, like, being a published artist. Really? Yeah, I, I, broke, see, into, I... I broke into comics um, just on a small level with, with Space Beaver, but I started creating that in summer school of my junior year just for fun. And um, by senior year, I was working on actual pages. I met a guy that was going to get me published. And the black and white boom had been going on for a while, and, and it had given us the Ninja Turtles. I didn't know about too much of that at the time. I was still buying my comics mostly at like pharmacies and things like that. So hmm. I found comic book stores and started going to a local comic book shop. And the owner of that shop, a guy named Tibor Sardi, um, he, Peninsula Comics in uh, Bel Mateo, which is the border of San Mateo and Belmont down in, uh, in the peninsula here in the Bay Area, he um, he was a guy that uh, ha saw this thing happening, and he saw my work, and he really liked my work, and said, "I'll publish your book, and I'll pay you." And I was like, "Wow, I was going to do it for free, you know, just to oh. get." I literally, I was just like, yeah. "Yeah." They said, "We can't pay you, but we'll publish you." And I'm like, "I'm going to have my stuff published in an actual comic." That was to me amazing. I was just working yeah. on stapled together typed typing paper at the time for fun you know like i would entertain myself in school i was a teenager in, in high school you mm. know so i would just do comics just to entertain myself and uh, and i would fill up sketchbooks with artwork um but he that was like to me like this golden opportunity so he did um i didn't know anything about the business it wasn't the greatest business relationship but uh, yeah. i did get published and it started me going to comic conventions um and I started to meet people because I had a, a legit book that was being published. And so I would get invited as a guest to these little comic cons and there'd be, you know, professionals there that I got to know. And that kind of got me on my path to actually working in mainstream comics, which was always my goal at the time. Mm -hmm. I never thought in a million years Space Beaver would be where it started. I had dreams of working on Spider-Man and, you know, stuff like that. So, um, but so yeah, 1986. So that would be over 30 years <laughs> in comics. And I've I'm seen... gonna be honest though, man. I thought you were like in the early 30s of age. I thought you. Really? Were, I mean, like it's not. Yeah, like to me, oh, it seems so like you're in your 30. But by the way, that was an amazing story though. That is beautiful. <laughs> but... No thanks. That's I've seen a lot. I mean, that the one thing I do know 
is like I understand how this industry works on a very visceral level because at some point or another uh, in those early years when I was you know not making any money but uh, working my ass off to get into comics I went and I volunteered to um, I would go and, and, and unload books uh, at Diamond Distributor on New Comics oh, Eve and in the middle of the night like at 2 in the morning I'd be up and anyway so I'd drive out to Hayward wow. and unload books and then they ended up hiring me on so I worked at a distributor for a little while um, and I also worked behind the counter at Tibor's shop uh, at Peninsula Comics, so I was behind the counter for a bit and uh, in, in, on the retail side. So it's like I've seen comics from a, as a business for years from many perspectives before I started just getting work uh, and could support myself as an artist all the time. Um, but those, those years were very educational. I learned a lot about, you know, why it's important that your book comes out on time and why yeah. you hit you know, why you hit those deadlines because there are people far beyond you that are counting on that book that has nothing to do with the art part of it. Oh, so. yeah. And it's, there's so much to it and there's so much behind the scenes. I mean, shit, even there's, there was a documentary on Amazon about it. My comic shop, uh, a documentary adventure or something like that. I oh. even had the guy who did it on the show. I'd like to see and that. And know about that. It's on Amazon. It's like three bucks. It's my comic shop documentary, I think. Cool. It's all about behind the scenes, and it's in a clerk style too, because he wanted to pay homage to Kevin Smith. So it's in a clerk's kind of style, you know, and it's I all got, behind the scenes I, of that. I've been thinking, like, amazed every time there's been anything that attempted to show the art, like what an artist's life is like. It's it never. I've never seen anything that really hits the hits the reality of it. And there's a lot yeah. of fun uh, plot you can find in that lifestyle, but it. It always feels exaggerated. Like chasing Amy got close, but then even that was a little bit, you know, romantic. Like those guys had yeah. a pretty nice studio for working on an indie comic. <laughs> I love, yeah, I fuck, I fuck. I love the ones where they're like, we have a Manhattan loft, and it's like right. this huge ass thing, and I'm like, I'm selling my paintings, and I'm like, I'll get fucked. <laughs> like yeah. you know as well as I do here, people. Come on. No, every a lot of people now have day jobs. You know, they can't. Oh they, yeah. Just, oh yeah. Like I'm grateful that I have as much work as I do. Uh, but I'm, yeah. But I'm never, I'm never blind to like I am just one, you know, good screw up from being back at Pizza Hut. You know. <laughs> oh God, the horror stories I've heard of that place. Oh shit. No, uh, it was not, 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 not a good, not a good job. <laughs> and there goes the Pizza Hut sponsorship. No, <laughs> hey, no, no, I don't have, I don't have phone work. <laughs> I heard they're going under anyway these days. Uh, yeah, man, that's. I mean, it sounds like you've been through the journey and through the arena though on this, and like, and it also sounds like to me that you were the fan, and I loved talking to you folks and whatnot because I'm that same guy. As, we're the fans that were able to do what we love, oh, you know, absolutely. like we were you hard and do it. No, you're, when I back when I got um, when I was doing uh, Wolverine with uh, Greg Rucka for Marvel, like that was my dream job. Like I wanted that so badly from like my early sketchbooks before Space Boob, all that. Like all of, I got dates on the front, uh, but like in '83, '84, I was like so in love with the X Men and and my just filled up my sketchbook with uh, drawings of Wolverine and Nightcrawler and the X Men, but especially Wolverine. I loved Wolverine and. So when I got the job, I had people that were like giving me trouble of like because I was making him five foot three, and I'm like, huh. you read the Marvel handbook, they're still saying he's five foot three. So you, they'd have these drawings, a, a different artist, you know, bless their hearts, they got their own 
way of interpreting things, but I, you can't have six foot one Cyclops and five foot three Logan eye to eye when they're squaring yeah. up. He's got to be looking up. You know, I'm not a tall guy, so I know what it's like to move through the world <laughs> at five, seven, you know, it's like, I, you know, I, and yeah. he's like right about my shoulder height. So I know where, you know, and, and for whatever reason, I always have tall friends, but <laughs> I have, um, and I know what it's like talking to them. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but it was really, so I get in these, this is in the early days of forums, but people would go back and forth and they'd say, oh, but I'm the biggest fan of Wolverine there is. And I've been, I've collected everything, la, la, la. And I'm like, no, let's, let's just square things out here. I loved Wolverine so much. I dedicated my life to getting good enough to work on the comic and did. I win. I'm the bigger fan. <laughs> yeah, you can't see my face right now because we're not doing video cams because my camera broke and we're trying to get a new one in the middle of this. But I am fucking floored because that's right. You're like, oh, you want to you want to play this game? Zip. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Here you go. <laughs> like, I know you on. think you know everything about Wolverine. That's great. You probably kept up with the comics after I left. But I just, you know, but I love that character so much that it was like it was personal for me to draw that guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it's. When it gets personal, it's almost more fun. Like, one of the books that just premiered digitally right now that's out is Soaring Preserved for SGGS Comics, and it's dinosaurs. Huge Jurassic fan I am. I worked in paleontology for a couple years. Oh, shit, I got a collection in now. I like, and it's all dinosaurs. Like, that one, it just speaks to you. And, like, yes, people are like, oh, what about this here and this here? I'm like, don't worry, scientifically accurate here, because citizen scientists, you know, working all this shit like that. Like, I love we're going to be doing it. Yeah, I think, it's like, I think a good knowledge of science makes better science fiction. Exactly, exactly. And shit, one of the ones that people were like, oh, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, was um, Andrew Shield. It's giant monsters in the Vietnam War, right? Oh. So it's, it, but it's scientific. And it's like, how'd you get these monsters? Well, in a science way. And it's like, not like, oh, well, if it's going to be Vietnam and real, you got to make it science or maybe magic. And so I'm like, oh, hold on, guys. Hold on. I've watched all the Toho movies, too. I know where to go. <laughs> Thank you. We're like, I'm, we're trying to get this done. And you're like, and people, people fucking love that book series. Holy shit. But it is a thing when it speaks to you as a writer or an artist, I mean, you really feel it in your work. And yeah. I think it just makes it flow. And the time goes fucking by because you'll it's be like, I don't know about you, but hours go by. Oh, well, you know, in the best days. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. You're like, oh, my God, there's so much to do. What time is it? Oh, fuck, it's only been an hour. <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> no, might, but oh, that's the oh, thing. Man. It's kind of like with video games that, you know, it's like I, I, I have an immersive concentration, so it takes me a while to focus. But once I do, I'm hard to break free. So um, I can put the hours in, you know, especially if I'm enjoying the work. Um, but they call it artwork for a reason, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Now I do have to mention something here, and I sure. think I don't know if you were told about this, but you—we've had someone on the show that you've actually probably met. I think you should have met, met a lot. one of the actors from The Boys has actually been on the show. Oh, who? Which one? Uh, Nathan Mitchell. Oh, he's great. Yeah, we just uh, yeah, just, like Nate is one of the nicest people, and was uh, they, I gotta say, like. Uh, not no lie everyone in that cast is just lovely like there's really yeah. good people and friendly and welcoming and you and they're kind and respectful to the, the the crew and each other it's amazing how what good people and i think that comes a lot it comes down to eric kripke you know uh 
choosing wisely. He's got a no assholes policy in his yeah. hiring and it, and, but it really shows. And I had, when I went out to the set, uh, the first time in 2018, uh, Nate was one of, I sat next to Nate's mom. She was on set that day. So we, got, <laughs> and then I uh, got talked to her. She's a sweetheart. And then, uh, but Nate was one of the few people that, um, really wanted to like pick my brain about what black nor was all about from my, pers- my perception. And I was like, well, you know, I didn't write him. He goes, no, no, I know, but you created him. Like you co-created him. What's he all about? Like, what would you do? And, and I was, mm-hmm. you know, I, and it was fun. I was really got into talking to him about his, about, you know, black nor he was in costume too, which was made it even funnier. He had his mask off, oh. but sitting there fully dressed and in his crew chair. And we were, we talked for a while. He, and he's just, he's just good people. Hey guys and gals, Dakota here with a quick little ad break for you. So folks, we always know the classic saying, wear your freak flag high. Now you can, because the Comic Chronicle podcast now has its own little merch line on Redbubble. That's right, folks, we have our own little merch line with some fun little logos. Of course, our Man of Steel-esque logo for the Comic Chronicle podcast you can get on mugs, t-shirts, sweaters, posters, prints, all sorts of stuff like that on there. And of course, we sell some exclusives that you may be interested in in this new world era that we live in. One of those designs we feature is the little branding called Vigilante in Training. Let people know when you wear your mask or if you want to get a sticker version of the little iconic logo there. Rough dick looking uh, stamp on there on your mask that's blue, a little dark blue. Vigilante in Training. Or if you want, we have in a word bubble on there, trying to best to explain this on a podcast, and a word bubble, Make Comics Not War. Get that on t-shirts, sweaters, posters, a mask, buttons, phone cases, all sorts of stuff like that on there. And of course, lastly, we have Blockbuster Kid. Take on the Blockbuster logo. You know, a lot of us, like myself, we grew up a Blockbuster. Or, you know, you're a semi-medium age adult and you like Blockbuster too. You want to support the past and keep a little bit of retro on there. You can do that too. Get your t-shirts, masks, buttons, stickers with Blockbuster Kid written on there too. You can check out the store for the Comic Chronicle podcast on Redbubble. And an easier way to do so is you can click the link in the show notes below. And that will help you guys and take you straight down to it. Go to Explore Designs and see what all the fun stuff we have for you guys. See the logos for yourself and support the podcast all in the same sense i give you guys stuff for free which is the podcast and now we give you some merch wear that freak flag high folks so thanks for tuning into this episode and without further ado let's take it back to dakota from the past he is he amazing is amazing too amazing martial artist yeah. that's really him doing that stuff is it real oh shit i think yeah. we like i think we've mentioned it before on the show because it's been a while since i've talked to the man and he he absolutely gave you guys thanks for creating the character by the way like he couldn't thank you enough you on record by the way too because he's like you guys everyone who helped create the boys saved my acting career and he's like i never had like anything going on when until i had black noir i'm like really he's like yeah i want to thank everybody derek and all that's awesome and i was like holy shit yeah Yeah, like you just i love to hear that though behind the scenes on that show because it seemed that's the thing. They're like, oh, my God, this guy plays such an asshole. He's got to be a big asshole. No, I was like, no, they're usually the biggest sweethearts. They are. It's <laughs> true. But, I mean, but there's not yeah. a there's not a there's not an asshole in, in the group. And even if there were, I, I wouldn't say so. But I mean, I but I don't have to worry <laughs> because I can unequivocally unequivocally say everybody's really great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're all really friendly yeah. and kind. And I got to know I'm, I'm friends with Jack Quaid at this point. Like we just we mm-hmm. just talk, you know, and uh and everybody's just been and Nate and uh, and uh, the one uh, the woman who plays uh, Frenchie's girlfriend and you'll see her a little bit in season two as well. Uh, but Jordana mm-hmm. Lajolie, um, 
she and I got to be friends. So like, it's, it's been really great. Like there's real, um, they're real people and they're, they're, they really give it and they love it. And they all seem to be very happy working on the show. So it's, it's been, it's pretty cool. I love it, man. Jesse Usher. I love it. And it's gotta be, oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you, you gotta admit, like, it's gotta be one of those feelings. Like I'm, what can I say? Working on a film thing right now. So it's like, it's a film tie in comic as much as I can say. And I know like, that's like, well, it's their characters they created and one and I'm writing for them and such like that too. But, and then all my other series, I got like five, but like for SGJS, I couldn't even imagine being on set for them coming alive. I couldn't even imagine that. I mean, was there any, truthfully, you can be honest, was there any tears? Because I've got to admit, I'll ball like a big I mean, I I don't, I mean, it was more like overwhelmed. Well, you know, the thing that actually did make me, uh, the moment I had tears in my eyes was I didn't, I had never been on a set before. I mean, I've been around stuff, but I've never been on a set especially not for something that was, you know, based on my work. So just mm. arriving there and then being treated like, like they treated me so well, like the whole crew, Eric Kripke's crew, like everybody, like they picked me up, they got me a better room. I was going to go, I thought I was just, I literally, the, the when I was going to go down to um, set was just to say hi to Simon Pegg because he had been so generous with letting us use his face back in the, yeah. back in the day. And I, you know, and that was kind of a funny story where I just never assumed he'd even see the comic. And he wasn't that. When I started designing Huey on him, I just seen spaced, and he hadn't broken huge here with Shaun of the Dead yet. So I just sort of thought. Mm. But in, if you ever watch Spaced, he's got a he he's an aspiring comic book artist who works in a comic book store. And I thought this guy would be amused at the at the minimum to be drawn into a comic. So, um, you know, that, that was my idea. But then when he got wind of it and he'd be kind of blown up and DC got very worried that he was going to sue us. And I thought I was going to have to redraw a bunch of stuff. Um, but he reached out and couldn't have been more friendly and even, and he signed a release and I don't recommend anybody try this at home. Uh, we got lucky. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was surprised. It could have been a disaster. You could have been like, but here we are all these years later and he got a role on the show. Yeah. He, he could have been Huey sure. back in the day, but it didn't, we, we went for 10 years trying to get uh, where we are. Uh, and it's thanks to Eric Kripke that we're on the air now. But um, I got to say that uh, I, I just wanted to fly to Toronto and say thank you to Simon because he was going to be on set there. And I was going to just, you know, we had met, and, but I wanted to thank him in person because it had a lot to do with just his initial generosity and um, yeah. that's some artwork for him and things like that. And we ended up hanging out for a little bit and talking in his trailer, but he, um, but, and I saw that uh, his shoot that day, but then everybody was so kind and excited. Like Jack Quaid, like came up and was like, can I hug you? I'm like, yes, you can. Oh. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's I'm like, just so yes. happy to meet you. And I was like, yeah, I know you're killing it. And, uh, but then they led me on to, and I thought I was just going to be like kind of hanging back in the shadows and then go home and go back to my room. Like I didn't think they were going to allow me to just hang out on the set the whole time. But they were like, no, stay as long as you want. And I ended up being there from first call to last call, watching it all unfold. And I loved it. I loved being just witnessing how it all comes together. But when they led me to the area, they presented me a chair and it had my name on it like one of those director's chairs oh. and it, and my name was on oh. it. And I just like it, that, that got me right. Like that, like I was like, Oh my God, I have a chair with my name on it. Like that felt like 
you know, my parents, I, I lost my parents in my 20s. So they didn't, they're not around to see any of this. But it, it was one of those moments where I was like, I wish my dad was there. You know, like I could go look at that, dad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. It's uh, like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm like James Cameron now. <laughs> no, not even that. I just felt like, you know, there was this, it was just. I don't know. I, I belonged there and it was nice. It was like, I felt, it felt like home. It, it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like it was an ego thing. It felt like an accomplishment. Mm. And for me, that mm, was, yeah. you know, cause I'm a self-taught artist. Like I just taught myself to draw out of just sheer will. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and my dad was an airline mechanic and my mom was a stay at home mom. And like, you know, they were much older when they had me. So it was like, um, it wasn't like I had any kind of path to that. I didn't have any, mm -hmm. I didn't have any clear path to how I got from, you know, space beaver to on set on his huge show with my name on a chair. Yeah. You know, there's that day when I try to even tell it to you right now, like it doesn't make sense to me, <laughs> but I feel so. So for me, it was like, it was such a beautiful thing to say, like, uh, I'm, I'm losing my words. I, I'm, I'm I'm too caught up in the emotion of it now, but I was no, you're good. I, I can hear it in the voice, but I I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, it's, it was just it just sort of like, home it's thing. like it was like that, and like when they started advertising the show after that, and then I uh, Brian Michael Bendis was sent me a picture of a whole building in like you know, I think it was Forty Second Street oh, wow. in with Homelander on the side, and, like, <laughs> and I was like, wow, he was in he was up in. He had a aerial perspective from some high rise there and shot and sent me a picture. He's like, and I was like, wow, that's like, you know, that's the college diploma I didn't get. I don't know if I would explain it, you know? Like, yeah. I, I graduated, no, it's like I barely graduated high school because all I wanted to do was draw. And then there's a character that I co created on the side of the, like, a whole building in New York. And then the, we, I started kind of... pictures from all over the world, like uh, over the Trivi Fountain in Rome, there's Homelander, you know, and it was pretty amazing. And ironically, too, um, I don't know if this is going to translate very well as a verbal story, but when I was a little boy, about nine or ten, um, I have and I found this drawing. Amazingly, I still have it. I found the very first superhero, original superhero character I ever created. And his oh, wow. name was Eagle Eyes. And I don't know what the hell to this day what Eagle Eyes does. But um, he shoot. But I but I was I had been copying from comic books, but I hadn't really thought to try to draw something original. So I wasn't copying at the time, you know, and, and it's a kid's drawing. But it, but I pivoted the body to where like his hand was behind his chest in a way like he was turning and it was the first time i had drawn a figure of something that felt like it had a little bit of a dynamic 3d thing and something clicked i was like wow i that mm. that that got the bug that's when i got addicted where i needed to like i need to crack this code i can do this i can draw superheroes so um so i created this character eagle eyes and it's funny because and this is 1979 and so he's uh He's shooting eye beams out of his out of that's what the character oh. is doing and then he's shooting these beams out of his eyes and so then flash forward to all these years later and on all the promotion stuff for the boys Homelander is shooting eye beams and that's just a weird yeah, he's slicing people yeah yeah that's just a weird glitch in the matrix for me like how could it go full you know the, to go full circle like the biggest thing I'm a part of is an image of this guy shooting eye beams. So side by side with this drawing I did back in 79 and then 
you know, Homelander on the side of a building. It's it's just kind of a quite a journey. I don't know how else to say it. Please tell me you're going to bring eagle eyes into something soon. Please. What I, I, I did actually, um, I go back what? and I visit that drawing. And so I've done it. Uh, really? Yeah. Three times now. Um, Cause I like putting them. I like showing the evolution of it. So I did one back in, I think 2004 with my, you know, uh, mainstream skills then just to draw the character again, but now make him look cooler. And uh, just last year I had a day where I, I just needed to draw something for me. Like I don't do, I don't get to do that very mm. often. I always have something on my board that is under a deadline, but that one day I was having a good day and it was around this time with all this, um, when I noticed this uh, coincidence of Homelander and Eagle Eyes. So I did it like last year, I did another drawing, an updated drawing of, of Eagle Eyes. So, <laughs> and you oh. can see, that if you see this three side by side, um, I'll get your uh, email from David. And uh, and I'll send them over to you so you can look at them. Please, please do because I really want to see this. And I oh like I I'm you know what there I'm not even lying to you. I'm gonna see we're gonna listen to this. And for fans are gonna listen to this or someone's going to because people fucking listen to this show and they give them jobs. I swear to God, it's <laughs> happened to too, so many people that have now got CW jobs, everything else. Meanwhile, I'm over here like what the fuck. <laughs> but um, I could definitely see Eagle Eyes coming into something. Oh, and not blowing smoke or anything else. Like, come on. Like, you could do an Eagle Eyes short and be like, or like fucking COVID style. Like, here's it on social media. Here's a little thing like that. Like, run, I could first, see it. Uh, when I first got into drawing an actual comic book, and this goes into the idea of like what something I think I've been doing my whole life, but I only recently found out there's like a, a word for it or a practice to it, but it's called manifestation. And it's where you set your oh, eyes yeah. on a goal and you do everything you can to meet that goal. You just relentlessly go for that goal. And so shortly after Eagle Eyes, I created my own first comic book um, where I stapled comic or paper together and uh, created a cover with all the little details um, for a character called Nightwind. And it's like, it's ridiculous. I'm regurgitating everything I was reading at the time. Uh, and it was about eight pages long. And it's, you know, it's a kid's story because a kid wrote it. But it was, but I just wanted to feel like I could have a, a comic book with my, you know, artwork in it. It was like so magical yeah. to me. Like I just had to, I, but then I, that started, I got a direct line from that stapled together comic book to Homelander on the side of a building, you know, and it's funny that I showed it to Jack Quaid when we were talking, when we first met, uh, we hung out after, uh, a, when he got done with his shoot, uh, when I was back, uh, in Toronto on, in 2018 and we were hanging out and he drew comic books as a kid too. Like, so he had a couple characters he had created and we had, we were having a good time talking about that. And I sent him, uh, when I got home, I sent him Nightwind and he, he's, he's like, okay, whenever it comes, I'm going to be Nightwind. <laughs> I'm like done. Oh, really? <laughs> So we, I still have this dream of uh, just making a short uh, a short film with Jack as Nightwing and take the exact terrible backgrounds from my childhood drawings and make those the sets, you know, <laughs> like what wonky sofa God. and perspective all know, you know, all over the place and just Jack in that costume oh, could, it would be hilarious. You could tease. Derek, I'm not even kidding. You could fucking tease that and be like, here's a cinematic poster. And it's a new thing of mine coming to live action. Again, Who knows of, what it is? One of those days when I get some time to just draw for fun again, I'm going to draw these pages of Jackass Nightwing 
and I just want to redo the entire story, but not change a word of the script because it's bizarre. Because oh, it's yeah. you know kid thinking, you know, you're just <laughs> like and I, you're going to sell it, and you're going to be a millionaire. Ah, your lips to God's ears. Um, but this, like, <laughs> I still have the, like one of the things that's funny to me when I look back at this, and it's be a lot more interesting if it wasn't an audible conversation here. But uh, when my character walks into his apartment. Um, from whatever his day job is, uh, there's a, an alarm goes off, but it's like he's got this giant red disco ball siren over his couch, oh you know, and it goes, I know there's trouble downtown, you know, and and then he does his like kind of a Green Lantern chant and, it, and wind blows all around him and he emerges in costume. Um, but it was, uh, but I thought it was so funny. I'm like, I look back and I'm like, I guess he didn't have any friends because they'd come over oh, and be God. like, what's with the big siren over your couch, dude? <laughs> you know? And so I like, he's an absolute loser. Yeah. Just like he has to be because I, otherwise, like his secret identity would be blown pretty quick. Like having a dinner party and the alarm goes off, you know, <laughs> but I didn't think that through at all. I was a kid. So I was just like, Hey, you got to put an alarm to call you downtown somewhere. So, you know, but that yeah, it's was like, funny to me like, if I, but keeping that element in there and then just doing it dry would be, you know, doing a deadpan would be really funny. Fucking amazing. Cause it's like, that's the thing oh, that made, made the old Batman TV show work is that nobody was joking around. They were all dead serious. And that's what makes it word that word. And that's, that's what that reminded me of. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm thinking like, this is very Batman 66 oh, right about now. Like, but right, I, let's I, do this. When I was a kid, those would be on after school on TV when you come home about right. 4.30 in the afternoon. And when you're a little kid, like you don't get the jokes. You, you're just like, oh my God, Batman's in trouble. You know, you're like, I was completely sure. sure that this was like a serious story. Like I didn't get the funny part. Other once in a while, I remember when Jerry Lewis popped out of the, side of uh, the building when they were doing that climbing bit um then mm. i kind of got oh that's jerry lewis is funny but um you know but i look back on that but that's what makes it work is that like if you ever see the original batman movie i guess it's sort of like the pilot but it doesn't get included in the set um but they have a there's a great scene in the opening of it where batman and robin are in this helicopter uh over this over gotham and miles way up in the in the sky and uh all the cops are outside and they point they're pointing up at the at the batcopter and batman looks down and then they're all saluting him and batman just gives a thumbs up out the window <laughs> and it's yeah, just like yeah, it's so and it's just so great like they, they wouldn't even be able to see him you know <laughs> but he's like thumbs up <laughs> It's just, you know, I love that kind of, I love that kind of humor. So, yeah, someday the, the Nightwind short with uh, Jack Wade, that's got to happen. <laughs> Amazon even exclusive, I, Nightwind. Even if I just draw it, <laughs> it's going to happen. Oh, it's still, oh, it's still being, I want that cinematic poster, man. Like I said, that you, because you, oh, you would get so many people hyped up. I mean, like, what is this new epic thing? And it's like. An Avengers style fucking poster. Yeah. And it's like all this thing on there. It's so serious looking. And then it comes out and we're like, what the hell is that? <laughs> What's yeah, going on? We like it, but okay. Yeah, that one wasn't a bad design. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> For being a kid, man. I came up with something pretty good. Exactly. Oh, exactly. He looks now, like we Black, are coming near. Kind of looks like Black Noir, but in, in retrospect. Like, oh, really? A little bit. It was just all black costume and white eyes and an and a oval. And on his chest, mm. but it was like it wasn't the 
very well thought through, but <laughs> it was a lot of fun. At the I mean, time. it's fun. I, I drew 11 issues of it and my, my work got better oh, shit. as I got older. And so by the time I was finishing the last issue, it was like on the verge, I guess, of where I'd be with Space Beaver. But I was like uh, painting the covers and, uh, you know, changing, inking the interiors and I got better paper. Mm. You know, <laughs> it just it was it was a funny evolution. But I used to draw all the, the whole evolution. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'd parody the because uh, I love comic book. uh a lot of the comic book ads that would be in the comics I was reading at the time were so dopey. I would take them and parody them like kind of like a Saturday night live skit version. You mean to tell me the Hulk and hostess was derpy? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, right? like, it, uh, it was. Yeah, oh. exactly. Like I was, I hated those ads too, because I'd be in the middle of like, I get, I told you I have a focused concentration. So once I got into like mm. reading the story, I'd turn the page. I'm like, wait, what's going on? Like, uh, hostess, what? Oh, <laughs> like, why, why is it's the true. this? It's true. <laughs> I'd get so pissed. And you're like reading a book like, oh, Jean Grey's dead. Turn the page. Hey, kids, you ever heard of, no, fuck off. Where's Jean? Right, yeah. <laughs> what's going on here? Precisely. You're all having an emotional moment. And they're like, oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's, that's, uh, those. Right. Those, I remember like, they were, the, some of the ads were just so dumb too. Like, I remember there's this one from yeah. Boots, like cowboy boots. It never changes. I read one the other day, and there was an ad for watches, and they're like, "Are you who's buying a Rolex and reading Superman right now?" Yeah, like, right. what the hell? How many kids do you I know from Superman? Oh god, oh god! I can't even afford the fucking watch brand that. I mean, maybe it's because I don't want to buy. It's no, it's a watch brand named Dakota, and I can't even afford that. Are you shitting? <laughs> it's it's, those, it's the same name as me. Like, yeah. come on, that's not right. They should send you a free one. Right. Well, then I'd have a lot of pickup trucks. <laughs> I'd have a lot of those. I guess it could oh, be shit. It's true. Oh, uh, we are coming near the end of the show, good man, because like I said, I want to keep you on your time or not. Um, Before I let you go, though, I did get the name of that documentary. It's My Comic Shop Country. Oh, That's okay. on Amazon right now. Awesome. I'll look it up. That sounds like a, a, definitely up my alley. Sweet. It's it's. You and I work in a business, and so we're like, oh, what is it? Like, we know a bit of what it's like for comic book store owners, but then when you see it, you're like, oh, shit. Oh, I, well, There's I'm, a lot more a lot than my, I, I knew. A lot of my close friends are retailers, um, so yeah. shout out to Golden Apple down on Melrose in Los Angeles. So we, we know the, I know the personal side of the business from that, too, so. Sweet. Sweet. Now, I have – this is kind of a personal question. Sure. And it's very, and it's not, not not personal of like, what's your favorite food? No, 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 no. It's a personal question. Like, I was thinking about it. Like, my God, this guy's drawn so much fucking shit. Well, <laughs> how do I narrow? I I want to ask because we all have our sure. favorites, right? That's fine. Between for the boys, let's stick to the boys. Okay. What was your favorite character to draw? That's a hard one because like they're all kind of like it's it's yeah. like picking my picking my favorite kid. You know, I could actually. Oh yeah. It's, it's easier for me to say who I didn't like drawing. So, okay, who who was your least favorite? Uh the the deep. I hated drawing the deep. He that helmet really? was Yeah, and it, it's like he couldn't emote or express much either. He was like they've done such a great job in the show of making him more complex. Like they kind of took Jack from Jupiter and 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 the deep and made him one character. But um in the comic he was sort of like, you know, we we designed all the superheroes to look um a little dopey um because that was sort of the joke. Um, that so we yeah. I, I when I came to the you know and and 
Ennis had great ideas for all of them, but the uh, when it came to the the deep, it was the idea that he would wear a cape and he's an underwater character and and he had this diving helmet and we imagined he would always sound like this and you couldn't quite understand what he was saying inside that helmet, you know, and uh, that was part of the joke. So to but to draw that helmet was a lot of work because <laughs> it was supposed to look like a look, yeah. antique helmet. So that, that yeah, got, yeah. But I enjoy drawing everybody. I think my favorite character, one of my favorite characters, I realized uh, I loved drawing was the legend. Like he was, with his big glasses and his you know crazy expressions. He was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed drawing him. I yeah. I didn't I didn't think about him in context until recently. I saw a piece that was of mine with the legend on it. I'm like, oh, that guy was always so much fun to draw. I like it. I didn't expect that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh man, I, that's awesome, man. I like we, you know, it's true. We, we all have our babies and such like that. And yeah, people I, I ask like, me what like, books do I, I like. I like, like all those. I like all those characters so much, and that was, um, yeah, you know. And so like I said, it's all designing them from the ground up. You know, was it, it makes it kind of personal. Exactly. Now, good man here. Do you have any social media that people can follow you on? If you do, if you don't, I don't know. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, people I'm tend to like it. Not, that sort of thing. I'm not that much of a. I have a website that you know you can kind of go and see some archive stuff. Um, DerekRobertson.com, uh, and you know if you want to buy original art, that's a good place to go. Um, and then also I have. Um, I'm on. I'm not on Facebook anymore, but I am on Twitter. Um, but um, I I tend to complain about politics, so. <laughs> If that's not your jam, as we all do well, anymore, it's you probably fine. won't like my feed that much. But uh, if you're, if you want to be righteously angry with me, <laughs> come on over. You but that, that I'm at Derek, Derek R. At Derek R. With my spelling. At I'm, Derek R. At Derek R. Well, I, I gotta be honest with you though, man. Living in America in 2020, we're all complaining. <laughs> we all are shit. With good reason. Yeah, it was good reason. Yeah, I just, I just started bitching okay. back in 2015. That's the you know, because oh. with trans, trans metropolitan, you know, it's like it was such a, a prescient book on the politics and and weird to see it all. You know, I liked it better when it was just imaginary sci-fi, not our my daily life. But um, I thought yeah. I, I kind of feel like it's like I felt obligated to get more involved and aware because while working on that book, I became so much more aware of how the world turns that i couldn't close my eyes after so it just every time but you know now i feel like it's all it's, it's never been more important than to be awake and paying attention preach man i'm derek i gotta say man this has been a blast having you on the show thank you you are amazing dude thank you it's been a pleasure of course and i like to thank you good man and uh, it, uh, as of this recording, I mean, it's coming out tomorrow and whatnot. I know you got a busy schedule and such, so I definitely want to like again, thank you, man. You're welcome back anytime. I mean, I honestly, I, I don't know what to expect from you anymore because it's so much shit going on, and you know, it's <laughs> uh, pretty exciting. Hellblazer Rise and Fall, and uh, that's coming out yeah. soon. And also, I'm going to continue on with Oliver, which I'm doing with Gary Witta and the trade paperback of the first four issues from Image Comics that just came out, and it's some of my best work ever. Uh, it's a labor of love. Uh, so if you haven't checked out Oliver uh, I, and you like my work, I think you really enjoy that. Sweet. I actually got to check that out. I'm going to write that down now. Uh, sweet, man. But like I said, it is one. So thank you, good man. I'll let you get going. Uh, you it. rock as always. Stay safe out there. Man. Hey, you too. Thanks so much for having me.
of course. Have a good one, Derek. All right, you too, Dakota.